four of rock's greatest composers came from just two bands. On Kinks and Beats Daily, we take a look at the songs and albums that exemplify the highlights of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ray Davies, and George Harrison. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Monday, if you're listening to this in real time. I am Tony Fry, your host. This is Kinks and Beats Daily. Episode number six, we have entered into week number two. And um, because this is taking a five days a week, every other podcast, we switch bands. This week is basically Kinks Week. We're going to do three Kinks songs this week. I'm looking at the list. Um, There's going to be some surprises, I think, for you here. This is a tough uh, show to plan because I don't want to do all the best songs and the biggest hits first. Because then in a year, we're sitting here talking about Wild Honey Pie. And uh, I don't want to be having a week of Wild Honey Pies. So there are going to be some surprises on this one. This week with the three Kinks songs I've chosen. Today, we're starting the week off with a fantastic Kinks song. Not that there are many that aren't fantastic. But we're opening the week with Picture Book. From 1968's Village Green Preservation Society. Um, It was released November 22nd of that year, incidentally. Track number four. Kind of one of the few rockers on the album. And uh, it was released as a single in the United States uh, January 8th, 1969. So a few months after the album had released. But as the B-side to Starstruck, which defies all logic to me. I I don't hate the song Starstruck, but on a song on an album that is incredibly English sounding already. English poppy kind of stuff. To pick the one of the most English sounding songs to be your A side and then put the B side as just a good solid rocker that's uh you know not so married to its homeland that was just dumb who knows what this album could have done had picture book been an a-side and become a hit but history is what history is i love this song it's always been a personal favorite of mine uh as always i encourage you to listen to a full blast because it's it's a good little rocker of special note on this one, if you listen to the drums, Mick Avery took the snares off his drum. <clears throat> so his snare drum is just the drum head. It's not rattling any snares. And that gives you a cool little tone. And Ray Davies himself said that uh, that snare drum and the 12-string uh, acoustic guitar are really what make that song cool. And that he was trying to emulate like a Phil Spector sound. doesn't quite build the, the full wall of sound that Phil was known for, but Phil was also known for ruining some rock and roll albums. As great as he was with the girl groups, don't get me wrong. I love Phil Spector's work with the Ronettes and those guys. And his Christmas album is probably my favorite Christmas album of them all, except for also Ray Charles. Um, He did some great work in that kind of girl group stuff. But when it came to producing rock and roll, he had some big swings and misses. All things must pass. 
So I think this uh, song, if that's what they were emulating, was the Phil Spector wall of sound. This production actually did it better than Phil Spector probably would have. Because it is it is lush. There is a lot going on. The 12-string guitar, uh, Dave's electric guitar, the way the drums are produced. There's a lot of background vocals on it. It is done with that wall of sound uh, mentality, but without that wall of sound uh, echo-drenched, triple-tracked everything. You know, Phil would have had two drummers playing on this. There would have been... Uh, delay and echo on every instrument. There would have been a choir of background singers. It would have been too much. Uh, the Kinks production on this is pretty spot on. And by Village Green, they hadn't been producing themselves really very long. I think the first self-produced song was Waterloo Sunset, and they didn't even produce the whole album that it was on, just that one track. But they quickly mastered the studio and getting the productions and the sound that they wanted. And you hear it in a very distinct, uh, the kinks have a very distinct style, especially in this early era of their uh, self-production, which would have been like something else, village green, Arthur, those early albums, they're loose. They, um, they're relaxed but the band is tight at the same time. Uh, it's it's a very uh, f- like self realized sound that they came up with, and they and they came up with it early. So the production of this is great. Um, Ray used it on his choral album in two thousand nine, and that was ten years ago, which I saw live, and it was great live. It's not my favorite track on that album. Uh, as an album track it is nice but it's not my favorite track but live it was really cool in concert and uh it was used in an hp commercial and that's where ray thinks that it became even though it wasn't a hit single and i think ray kind of resented the fact that it wasn't a hit single i don't know how it could have been a hit single as the b-side to a a song that was never going to be a hit but again i can't rewrite kinks history try as i might but i think he resented the fact that it didn't become a hit because it's obviously a quality song and uh it's a good rocker and it is uh you know it sounds of its time it wasn't you know some of ray's stuff kind of you know would have more of a like a even he would say like a vaudeville vibe that doesn't really fit on the radio. So this would have been a good, uh, I, I'd wager it probably should have been a, a solid top 20 hit, but it wasn't. <clears throat> and uh, so he said when it got used in the HP commercial, which was for like uh, uh, photo printers or something, digital cameras, I don't remember exactly what it was for, but it was something to do with pictures, the digital pictures and stuff like that. And he said that it was the perfect song for that commercial and that the commercial had finally gotten its, you know, its due, which is why I think that he thinks that song was slighted for forty years at that point. Um, of also note, you could say steal, you could say borrow, you could say lifted, you could say plagiarized. I don't know, but uh, the Green Day song "Warning" from the album "Warning" in two thousand. 
pretty much straight up uses the exact same opening riff. It's very, very close. And But it also shows that even though the Kinks picture book wasn't, you know, super heavy electric guitar, you know, it wasn't like a You Really Got Me where it was like overtly rock and roll. It's still a great rock riff. And the reason it's a great rock riff is it cycles over uh, your open strings. And what I mean by that is if you're playing the guitar, uh, open strings sound fuller. They sound heavier. If you run them through some distortion, they'll ring forever. And uh, so a lot of guys, you know, will use open strings to give a riff or something, a little extra boost. This tune, which starts in the key of A or E, which also happens to be the lowest of the guitar strings, uh, cycles in fourths. And the strings from lowest note to highest note are go ascend in fourths. So you've got the E is your low string. The next string up is an A, which is a fourth up from E, right? E, F, G, A. So that's four. The next one up is D. That's a fourth up from A. The next one up is G. That's a fourth up from D. Um, so the riff is simply uh, an open string. And then second fret, fourth fret, da, 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 da. I'm sorry, that's not right. And then it, then the next it cycles up to the next open string. Da, 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 da. Four da da da, four da da da, four da 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 da, and then repeats, and then the 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 actual chords of it, it's a it's a oh no I was right, open second fret fourth fret, so E uh, F sharp G sharp, and then A B C sharp that's open two four, then D E F sharp that's open two four, then G uh, F sharp F that's that's different but that's how it's, he's back cycling back to the beginning of the that's the da 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 that's the back cycle <clears throat> back to your home key so he doesn't go all the way around the circle he goes up E A D G and then starts back over and the uh, chords for the actual verse follow that same cycle picture yourself up a fourth when you're getting old, up a fourth, right? So it, the chords are doing that pattern through the entire verse, whether it's playing the riff or supporting the, the lyrics of the verse. And then when we get to the chorus, he shifts from starting on C or starting on E for the verse to starting on C for the chorus and then alternates fourth. So he goes C, up a fourth to F, back to C, up a fourth to F, back to C up a fourth to F. So it's just two chords in the ver in the chorus um, that are up a fourth. And it's important to say, because of this, the song has no real tonality. It's not really in the key of E um, because the third chord of the, of the song isn't in the key of E. It's not in the key of A because the, sec the the fourth chord of the song is not in A. So he's it, it's a cycle. And that chorus has no relation really to the first chord that we start in. So 
if I was transcribing this, I would probably write it in E just for the for the sakes of I have to write it in something. But the verse actually jumps off of the last chord of um, I'm sorry, the chorus jumps off the last chord of the verse, and it's completely unrelated. We're jumping to C. And then for the little bridge, the la 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 la, he does a B flat chord, which comes out of nowhere. It's got no relevance um, to anything other than being the four chord of the four chord of the main chord of the chorus. You got that? It's a four a four of of the of the chorus. So. All that to say, because of that, it's a great rock and roll riff. It's a great punk rock riff. It sounds good on the acoustic guitar. It sounds good on electric guitars. Full distortion, no distortion. It's a cool riff, and it utilizes those um, open strings by cycling up the force. So in Green Day's defense, assuming they've never heard the song, which I I doubt because they're cool dudes and they listen to cool music, and uh, so I doubt that that's the case. But assuming that they've never heard the song, it was not unlikely that they were going to stumble upon a riff like this at some point in their careers. Uh, Just because the Kinks did it first doesn't mean that it was not going to be done at some point because it is a pretty straight ahead riff and uh, it kind of uses the same form the day tripper had used it uses a similar form as pretty woman so i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility that green day has never heard the song and did it by accident but like i said i think they had heard it and it was in their subconscious at some point or it was a tribute to the kinks who knows um they like a lot of cool stuff uh they they have a band called the cover-ups that is two-thirds of Green Day. Billy Joe leads it. And they do like these dive bars and stuff in Oakland and Berkeley in the Bay Area as the cover-ups, and they just go out and sing cover tunes, and they're incredible. They'll do David Bowie and the Ramones and uh, the Stones, and like they play just classic rock tunes, uh, classic punk, obscure punk stuff that you know that you have to be a a punk fan to really know but uh yeah if you're ever in the bay area and you see the cover-ups listed as a as a band that's playing at a bar go check it out get there early because every gig it's less and less of a secret who it is but it's a great it's a great thing to see i would love to hear them do picture book billy joe if you're listening and who am i to assume you're not add picture book to your cover-up set, and then it'd be cool if you did a mashup with with Warning, because that is also a really cool song. But this is not a Green Day podcast. So Picture Book, go listen to it. It's on Village Green Preservation Society. It's on the Kinks Choral Collection uh, by Ray Davies, and I'm sure it's on a couple best-of packages. They named a best-of package after it for crying out loud, so, you know. It is a best of song, whether it's a greatest hit or not. It is a best of song. And that's um, our kink song for today. Join us tomorrow as we pick a country-inspired Beatles song that uh, 
everybody I know who knows it loves. Go to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review, um, share this podcast with your friends who like the Beatles or the Kinks, share it on Facebook groups, tell everybody you know, because um, to get this little project finished where we cover every Kinks and Beatles and solo Beatles and solo Kinks and all that, to cover it all, I need to be able to do this for several years. So let's make it a success. All right. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Take care. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.